0: Hey guys, long time no talk. Sorry for disappearing for like about a month, but a little update of my life. I just had the best, best, best vacation in Cancun and I just came back yesterday feeling more productive than ever, actually. So I was in my SAT class today and me and my friends were talking about going to watch the Hunger Games tomorrow but I know it's crazy that I still haven't watched the new one that just came out but I had an idea to talk about all the money in the past few series of Hunger Games movies because it's definitely like a reoccurring theme so let's get into all the economic jazz in the movies I am so excited! Okay, so to better understand the economic landscape in the Hunger Games movies, we need to set the stage. So the futuristic world that they live in is called Panem and it is divided into 12 districts and the capital. So each district has their very own economic roles. and The capital holds unparalleled wealth and power while the other districts kind of struggle with poverty and they only earn money by providing resources for the capital's wealthy, rich, luxurious lifestyle. For example, um, district one is luxury items and district two is like masonry and defense and it goes on and on like with other districts producing power electricity transportation fishing and like agriculture i believe so today we are going to divide these items into little segments so there will be five segments in total and i will be talking about resource allocation the capital's economic hegem hedging hed- hed- oh my gosh, I was searching this word up and I can never pronounce it. Hegemony? Hegemony? I think it's hegemony, which means like leadership or dominance. Um, the role of technology, rebellion and economic struggle, and lastly, lessons for our real world and how we can apply these movies maybe into economic lifestyle. So to start... The stark contrast in wealth distribution is evident in resource allocation. Districts like 12, 11, like it goes like a scale, I believe. It's like one to 12, with one being the richest and 12 being the poorest. District 12 is known for coal mining, and District 11 is focusing on agriculture, contributing essential resources to sustain capital's extravagance. This raises the question about the ethics perspective, like the ethics of resource extraction and allocation, which is very mirroring our real-world economic challenges with developing countries producing more materials while they're suffering in poverty, while more people in those countries are suffering from poverty, and more powerful countries withholding that power from these countries while using their resources, which is mirroring the real world, like I said before. The capital's economic hegemony is sustained through controlled mechanisms, including like the annual Hunger Games, where people literally kill each other for entertainment and money. These games serve not only as a form of entertainment but also is a tool to remind the districts of the capital's dominance. The economic exploitation and coercion is palatable drawing parallels to historical instances of power dynamics and economic oppressions. Moving on, technology plays a pivotal role in the Hunger Games as well, both as a means of control and as economic driver. The capital employs advanced technology for surveillance, entertainment, and warfare. These technologies divide between the capital and the districts, accentuates the economic disparities, a theme resonating with contemporary discussions on the impact of technology on inequity or inequality inequity is a better word in my opinion. And as this series progresses, we see the rise of rebellion against the capital's oppressive economic system. The, the economic struggles faced by the districts become a kind of a call for change, a call to change, reflecting the potential consequences of unchecked inequality and exploitation. And we can kind of apply that to our real world today because of how the inequitable power distribution and money distribution, especially in areas of economics, um, military, and political powers, it serves a means, serves as a means to kind of a warning for us and to avoid inequitable treatment. Now let's draw parallels between Panem's economic struggles and our own world. The Hunger Games series serves as a cautionary tale, like I mentioned before, promoting us to reflect on the consequences of economic inequity, resource exploitation, and the concentration of power. So something that I really wanted to talk in depth about is consumerism and entertainment in The Hunger Games. So this theme of consumerism and entertainment is woven into the narrative of The Hunger Games, providing kind of a commentary on how these elements influence and reflect the economic realities of our society. So to begin, The capital is portrayed as a center of excess and opulence, where residents indulge in extravagant lifestyles. This conspicuous consumption is also a form of consumerism, where the acquisition and display of material goods become symbols of status and power. This stark contrast between the capital's abundance and the district's poverty underscores the consequence of unchecked consumerism in our world. And the capital fashion is also not just a form of self-expression, but a commodity and a tool for maintaining social hierarchy. The citizens of the capital, you guys can tell, like in all the movies, dress differently, they have a distinct fashion style. They invest significantly in resources and creating showcasing unique styles, reflecting the commodification of personal image, like the luxurious goods or brands that individuals purchase. This mirrors real-world trends where fashion and appearance contribute to the consumer-driven economy. The titular Hunger Games serve as a form of entertainment for the capital's residents. The game is not only a mean for control and punishment, but also a highly televised spectacle. This mirrors how real-world entertainment, such as reality TV shows and sports events, can be commodified for mass consumption, often at the expense of ethical considerations. In media studies, I believe, uh, we looked at the documentary of this tv show i don't i don't think i can name names because of copyrights or i don't want to get sued but this tv show basically um, inspired the murder because of how individuals on that show or just the show in general didn't didn't consider the the people's perspective who the people or like the individuals who went to the show's perspectives but more on the profits that they gained from consumers or audiences but basically they broadcasted an episode where a lot of things happened and people were embarrassed and which in which kind of inspired like a murder and i think they eventually got sued for that but that's just an example of how consumerism can get a little crazy Tributes in the Hunger Games receive a sponsorship from capital citizens as well, who can send them gifts during the competitions. This introduces the idea of individuals aligning themselves with particular tributes as a form of consumer loyalty or brand allegiance. It reflects how personal connections and alliances can be commodified in a society driven by consumer culture. Next. The capital uses the media, including interviews and propagandas, to manipulate public opinion and to control the narrative surrounding the Hunger Games. This mirrors real world concerns about the influence of media and entertainment in shaping public perceptions, often for political or economic gain. The extravagant lifestyle in the capital, as well, coupled with the spectacle of the Hunger Games serves as a distraction from the underlying economic and social issues in Penham. This parallels how entertainment and consumer culture can divert attention from systematic problems in the real world, perpetuating societal inequalities. Lastly, the cultural inspect of the games. The Hunger Games become a cultural phenomenon, influencing fashion, language, and even societal norms. This reflects how popular culture and entertainment can shape and reinforce certain ideologies contributing to the perpetuation of consumer-driven values. And by exploring these elements in The Hunger Games encourages readers and viewers and audiences to reflect on the consequences of society driven by consumerism and the commodification of entertainment. It prompts discussion about the ethical implications of such a system and encourage a critical examination of the roles these factors play in shaping our own economic and societal landscapes. Thank you guys so, so much for listening to my 10 minutes of thoughts. I really hope that you learned something new and I hope that the next time you binge watch or re-watch The Hunger Games, that you will think of these points and be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that there's so much economics going on in this movie that I love. But anyways, I'll see you guys next time. Bye-bye.